Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of This Is My Bourbon Podcast. It's episode 145. I, I feel like it's a big one, but it's just, it's like five away from being significant, but I don't know. I like the number. Anyway, I'm your host, Barry, and with me this week is Swan. Swan. Just interject in there. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate it. Threw that. my name in. <laughs> yeah. Just, <laughs> just had some sugar. <laughs> yeah. Swan, Swan's here with me as well. Uh, for anybody who is a new listener to the show, thank you all so much for tuning in. If you have not yet done so, please subscribe. Leave us a rating and a review as well. Helps us bump up in the iTunes podcast charts. And uh, we we drink we drink bourbon here, which is what we always do when we start the show off with a segment called Flying Blind. And this Flying Blind has actually been provided by listener of the show and friend of the show, Greg Reynolds who uh, came over to drop off a, a sample for both Swan and myself of the Goodwood Stout Barrel Finish, uh, which, by the way, if you have not listened to our, our bonus episode review from last week of the Elijah Craig Beer Barrel Finish, go and do that. We had a good little time with uh, with recording that. I'll, uh, I'll, I, need to, I need to post some or, or, or state some, not necessarily retractions, but corrections mm-hmm. um, after we're done with with flying blind as well. But we'll we'll get there here soon. But uh, what what do you think about the flying blind? Uh, it's kind of corny. Okay. Yeah. And it's not even like new. I don't know, like young corny. It's really sweet on the nose. Yeah, just like sweet corn. I don't know. It's like candy sweet on the nose. Mm-hmm. I think I just swirled my bourbon so much that I got a drip of it on my arm. Oh, or else my so ceiling's funny. leaking. <laughs> Either way, I'm not sure. I'm terrified, but I'm not sure. It's no. so sweet on the nose. Yeah, it reminds me a little bit of the Nelson Greenbriars. Is that what it's oh, called? Oh, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, it's, it's kind of got that going on. Oh, it's very similar to that. It's corny, but then it's also got a bit of a maltiness to it. This could be the the Dickel eleven year bottled and bond that just came out. Yeah, it could be. Like it seems like it's got some age to it. It doesn't seem young, but it's definitely got like a lot of sweet corn and Which is a very predominant note that we were picking up on with the the last year's Dickel Bottled and Bond. Mm-hmm. Well, how do we find out what this is? Cause well, he gave he gave me a little... <sighs> nice. He gave me a thing. I just have three question marks. <laughs> so does the uh, the paper that he, he gave me. Ooh. If I open this up and it says that it's rat poison, <laughs> it's going to be the best rat poison I've ever had. Dude, I'm going skydiving. I'm going Rocky Mountain climbing. What's that? It's the Woodenville Straight Bourbon Whiskey Port Finished. Really? I don't think this is port finished. There's no way. That's what it says. Five-year bourbon transferred into ruby port barrels for six additional months. I'm going to go hunting for some port real fast. I like this a lot. This is more of a compliment to them, but not that I, I get a ton of port on this. It's it's kind of I mean it's kind of there I guess I just didn't really know how to pinpoint some of the flavors on it yeah because it is pretty complex even though you do get a lot of corn um it's not drying 
No, not at all. And that's usually what I associate with port is just being kind of dry. What What's funny too is that we were drinking the. Uh, remind me, what was the name of it? the the Black Ridge? Sorry. Yeah, Black Ridge. Port finished for the yeah. pregame chats as well. And that one is a little drying. It is, but it 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 doesn't have that overwhelmingly drying note to it that we typically get with a with a port finish. Yeah. And so it's funny that we wound up having two of these kind of back to back where we're like this is definitely not the norm for port finished bourbons. No. No, this is somebody that's done it uh pretty well. I don't know. This is not my favorite that I've had. I do enjoy uh, the two Woodenville products I've had other than this. I just think I kind of prefer their their bourbon non-finished. I think so, too. Yeah. But at the same time, I love that Applewood cask finish. (sighs) Yep, never mind. Throw everything I just said out the window. (laughs) I think it's so good. Especially a barrel strength. Yeah. I I haven't had the barrel strength one. I've just had the regular. i got a sample of it floating around here somewhere. Yeah. If um, I can find it, I'll get you some. Whenever we get around to it, get I definitely some. want to try it. <laughs> I get jealous, man. Joseph starts posting all those pictures of the stuff he's got. Oh, from yeah, dude. Ooh, they look good, man. <laughs> they look good. Some of them are so dark. The bottles are so pretty. And I'm just like, you know, for sure. I'm going to have to move up there. So that was Flying Blind. Before we get into what we've been drinking recently, I have a couple of things I have to note up top, which one of them is understandable the other one absolute oversight on our part um first of all i said balwinnie when we were talking about this whiskey last week it's actually pronounced balvinnie i apologize i was so sure about it and i was totally conflating balvinnie with dalwinnie mm. which the the wires just got crossed and i i apologize for that i know that there were people out there who were rolling their eyes and getting frustrated with me, especially when I was very defiant on the fact that it was pronounced Balwini. So I truly, truly apologize. The other thing that I have to apologize for is the fact that we didn't actually say where our barrel pick is going to be from. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm really sorry about that. <laughs> Part of me was like, maybe he's being just, you know, facetious, kind of just nonchalant about it. Like, no, no, we'll no, get no, to no. It when we get to it. And then I was like, I listened back to it because somebody made a comment. I'm just like, <laughs> oh, no, we just skipped that. Yeah, we, just... we totally we totally didn't even mention it. Yeah. We're doing a new riff pick, uh, which, again, very excited for. I cannot wait for that to, to show up. Uh, we're picking it next month. It's going to be great. The pre-order is available on Patreon, patreon.com slash podcast. So you can go in there and, and order a bottle or two. As or five. My, as my voice cracks. Or five. Or six. You can order a whole case, apparently, which is wild. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yes, it is a new riff pick. New riff, new riff, new riff, new riff, new riff. I think I've said it enough at this point to make up for the lack of times that I said it last week. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I really, I truly do apologize for that. I didn't mean to. I was just excited, okay? <laughs> yeah. I was excited. I like apologizing and then get really defensive about the thing that you're apologizing for. I'm really sorry. But come on! But come on, man. Come on! (laughs) Swan, is there anything that you've been drinking recently? Recently, I've That we should tell the people about. 
what have I been drinking? It's a little bit of everything, honestly. I've been uh, same going through a lot of the samples that I've had uh, at my house for a good while. Um, what was the most recent one? Oh, I had, I had uh, Booker's Country Ham. Ooh. The other night, I had a good sam- size sample of that. Nice. Finished some of that up, and then uh, more of the Rebel pick that I have. It's all. It's. I'm pretty sure it's almost gone. I thought you said it was gone last week. I thought I finished it. I have another one in the same bottle. It's by a different distillery. Okay. But it's... it's I'm sorry. It's just the thought of you... I Listen, I had a good amount of it one night, and I think I thought I finished it, but no. I've got that one and another one that's like kind of a scotchy color in about the same bottle, and I don't even remember what the distillery is, but I, I've been just trying to drink it, and I'm pretty sure I've just like... I'm not taking shots of it, but good like good sized gulps <laughs> to just make it go away. Glugs. Yeah. <laughs> it, that's pretty much it. I've not had any Knob Creek in a while. I need to hop back on that. We might have to have some Knob Creek in the uh, last call lounge. Might have right. to. Might we'll have see to. what they've got on special. I don't know. You never know. I never know going into the last call lounge. Never. Which, by the way, you can find all of our last call adventures at patreon.com slash podcast for as little as a dollar a month. It's still amazing that we get to go out and do these things during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Get to go to a bar. Every month. Usually a very crowded bar as well. Yeah. Every, every week, not every month. Every week is different. <laughs> every week is different. Mm-hmm. I think that's why I like it so much. Because yeah. of the uniqueness. You but, just never know what you're going to get. Yeah. Indeed. I picked up Jim Beam Bonded. The old one. This week. Uh, Yeah, it is the old label. I I walked into a store, and I'm not going to name and shame, but they had two bottles that I was really interested in in buying. Mm -hmm. And I probably should have just looked at them and gone, it's not worth my time asking. But it was a Heaven Hell six-year bottle and bond, the old style, Yep, for $90. Mm. And then a Wild Turkey Diamond for $250. That was like a $100 bottle yeah. when it first came out. $150 maybe. That's a huge markup. It is. It is. At that point, I'd be marking it down just to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I got this for $20. <laughs> yeah. I haven't cracked it yet. We can crack it while we're... Uh... I'm all for it. I know you are. I'm all for it. This is the bottle. the dumbed-down version of the Knob Creek that you were talking about. Yeah. Wanting to have. Yeah. But I also... Uh, it, it, I don't get to do this as much as I used to and as much as I would like to, but I got to hang out with Chad and Sarah for their live stream last night i mean it was virtually but they they were celebrating their anniversary and i finished off the the last of my mash made in heaven bottle mm-hmm. and also the last of what i had from the booker's wedding bar oh look no there's just a tiny splash left but the the wedding bar bookers that was uh at their wedding mm-hmm. so we were getting very drunk this time a year ago <laughs> I'm gonna save that one for last call. I'll, I'll explain myself. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a fair 
That's a that's a fair assertion. Woo! Yeah. It was not pretty. We got some news to get into this week. We do. We have a good amount. We do. Um also, there there's some slightly heavier things that we're going to be talking about this week. If you are somebody who gets um, easily upset, or even not easily, but you just get upset by uh, issues of uh, sexual abuse or sexism, uh, then I, I, I want to talk about that uh, or, or let people know that this might not be the episode for you to listen to, but you know, also... You could probably skip forward a, a, a fair bit and uh, move on from it. But it, it's something that has been prevalent in our bourbon community, in our whiskey community, over the past few days. And that is, I, I feel like we can't not address this. Mm-hmm. But it's the issue with Jim Murray and the Whiskey Bible. So... It's it's been prevalent with his with his writing um, since two thousand three, but it's also something that people haven't really paid that much attention to until now. Uh, it was all kind of really brought to a head uh, with an article. By and I apologize for my uh, mispronouncing your name, but it's Philippe Schreiberg, Schreiberg, uh, from Forbes. The article itself was called "Sex uh, Sexism in Whiskey: Why You Shouldn't Read the Whiskey Bible," and it was basically breaking down the issues behind Jim Murray being uh, a, a, a major figure in the whiskey community, in the review community. Uh, for the past basically two decades. And while he does have some some pretty strong cred behind him, there, there have been some very difficult entries into his books that are really hard to overlook. And honestly, things that I cannot believe even got published in this day and age. Now, to be fair, he is self-published. So there's not an oversight committee necessarily to where he has to pass this off to anybody else and they have to approve or disapprove it. Um, I have a hard time reading some of this. Yeah, it's definitely a little rough. It's it's intense, and I'm not going to repeat any of it here because I don't think that it's it's not something that I want to put onto this podcast. Mm-hmm. I don't want to vocalize what he said. I will link to the, the Forbes article in the description if you've not seen it yet. I think plenty of people have at this point, but my my main topic of conversation with this comes from just the notion that I can't believe that this is still acceptable in this industry and in this community in 2020. Yeah, it's a little rough. Like, you want to be able to think every whiskey you can take, you know, and, and make it your own, you know? Like, I, I got a bottle, I bring it home, I say whether or not I like it, and my perspective on it is not forced. And with some of the writing, it's definitely like a forced perspective from Jim Murray. It's just a little difficult to read. And sometimes, 
you can't relate to it. Uh, and uh, some of it you question why it even got said or published in the first place or written down. It's just um, some of it's difficult. Definitely read the article and you'll kind of get, you'll understand. So the to, to your point about why it got published or, or why it got written down, I, I think back to high school civics, high school social studies or, or whatever you want to call it. And there was always this conversation about why did Watergate happen? And how, how was it allowed to happen? And it's this understanding that, this notion that somebody who is in a place of power, whether it's self-perceived or otherwise, has gotten to the point where they have done enough, they have experienced enough, and they've put forth enough to where they feel like they're untouchable. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like Nixon got to that point where he felt untouchable. Because he was sitting in, in a place of power to where he felt like he could do no wrong. In and of itself, he was he was doing things like this for years and years and years, and nobody ever really called him on it until somebody brought it to everybody's attention. And I think that's kind of what we're seeing with Jim Murray. Is that until it gets pointed out, it's just accepted. But now he's being called out for for this, and it's it's hitting hard. Yeah, it's not pretty. Uh, it's not. I mean, Mark Gillespie from Whiskey Cast, Fred Minnick, um, gosh, Lloyd Christmas. I mean, there there are just a slew of people who are huge in this industry, in this community, and especially with whiskey writers, who have called him out for for the way that he presents his thoughts and ideas and mm -hmm. rightfully so it's it is really tough reading this stuff and not feeling uncomfortable by what he's saying yeah and that's our perspective could you imagine if we got the perspective of somebody like peggy no stevens on this oh my gosh i mean how would she feel about this and i don't want to put words in her mouth but i can't imagine she'd be happy about it i can't either I can't either, and and you know, I I might have to reach out to Peggy and kind of get her thoughts on it. See what her thoughts are. I, I I almost feel like I can't not do that. Yeah. At this point, I mean it's it's unfair. Or even Sarah. Oh, of course. Yeah. Gosh, I'll have to ask Sarah about it. Yeah. Anyway, I I, I think that. Where we see somebody like this who does have credentials behind what they're doing. And yes, they might have a method, despite how bizarre or insane it is, and, and that they have been lauded for their opinions. Everybody deserves respect. And you got to, you got to temper yourself. You know? Mm -hmm. I, I, I think that this is just, it's a bit much. Yeah. Which is an understatement by every sense of it. But I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm uncomfortable with it and I'm happy to, you know, see us move on from, from Jim Murray. Um, 
whether or not that's going to be anytime soon, I don't, you know, who's to say? That's for the, the public to decide. Yeah. So, anyway, let's move on to, to something else, shall we? Yeah, so next topic we've got is a rebranding. This is really cool. OZ Tyler has rebranded as the Green River Distillery, which, oddly enough, is a brand that actually existed on their site uh, b- before they established themselves as a distillery. So, of, of course, this distillery is in uh, Owensboro, Kentucky. Uh, Green River itself was founded uh, in 1885, and it, it's, um, you know, it, it, as many as many distilleries did, uh, didn't survive too far past prohibition. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it just kind of fell out of the public consciousness. So the, the fact that O.Z. Tyler established themselves on these grounds... And they're just now, like, in a, in a way, I am a little frustrated that it took them this long to get to, you know, recognizing the heritage of, of this place. But at the same time, good on them. I, th- this is really cool. And I think that they're, I think they're making the right move towards being more well-respected. Yeah, they are. Um, so they just joined the... The Bourbon Trail not too long ago. Oh, like right? 2018? Yeah, which I mean... 2017, 2018. Things, I guess not too long ago, but still. <laughs> well, 2020s felt like eight years. It's so. true. Either way, they, they're part of the <laughs> Bourbon Trail. Uh, and I feel like kind of getting back to the more historic side of things is probably a good move on their part. Uh, I'm curious to see what their bottles end up looking like. I would love to see them do something similar to this old label that they had yeah yeah the original green river and then we uh we got another big um rebranding this is a huge rebrand yeah and i'll tell you what i like it a lot it's a lot cleaner it is it's a lot cleaner i think they did a really good job yeah with this rebrand i will say it's a little cheesy but I like it. I like the cheesiness. I it's, do too. It's kind of it's, it's bad, but it's not it's not bad. Oh, bad, I don't think know? it's bad at all. No, I mean it's like a dad joke. Sometimes you get done with it, you're like, oh, come on, man. <laughs> but you laughed at it a little bit, you know, like it's little, it's definitely yeah. worth it. And they're like, okay, let's let's move on from here. Mm-hmm. I want to I want to say this. I don't know who actually did the redesign for these bottles, and this is um, this is Hudson whiskey. Mm-hmm. This is basically the exact same design sense that goes into the the the, the branding of New York City. Yeah. So this is the same font. This is Helvetica, which nobody cares about, but it's the exact same font as what New York City uses for all of their their signage and their transportation guidelines. Yeah. So if you go and you look at the the bus schedule, it's going to be in this font. If you go and look at the the street signs, it's going to be in this font. Everything is very unified in this branding. So looking at it, I'm really excited about it because 
the designer in me goes, they're trying to get at the heart of New York City, New York in general, excuse me, and and trying to make it feel more like a product of of the state. Mm-hmm. I think that this is a great rebrand. I think that they have done something truly, truly unique with these products. Uh, we're looking at four basically new products from them. I uh, <laughs> I love I love the names. Yeah, and it, it tells I love you the names so much as well. What it was previously, you know, in their lineup. Uh, but you read off the names. You're excited about this. Oh, I love them. Uh, Hudson Whiskey Bright Lights Big Bourbon. Great. Uh, it's going to be 46%, so 92 proof, 40 bucks a bottle. Um, and it's going to be available right now. 95% corn and 5% malted barley. So, I mean, it's going to be sweet. It's going to be one of your sweeter bourbons. Yeah, and this was previously the Hudson Baby bourbon, so they're standard release. Absolutely. Next one is the Hudson Whiskey Do the Rye thing. Great, great reference there. I love that. 92 proof as well, $40. Uh, 95.5 rye. Yeah, and this is formerly their Manhattan rye. Yes. Hudson Whiskey Short Stack. This is a finished rye. Love this name. This is my favorite one. Oh, it's great. It's finished in Vermont maple syrup barrels, formerly known as the Hudson Maple Cask. Uh, $55 a bottle, also 92 proof. Great stuff. Uh, and the, the whisk, Hudson Whiskey Backroom Deal. And this one's new. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so this is another finished rye. Uh, it's going to be finished in peated single malt scotch casks. I'm, I'm here for it, man. I'm curious. I got to know what that's like. Mm-hmm. And it says backroom is a one-time only release. So oh. the short stack is uh, an annual release. And they said that they've got three bottles com- or 3,000 bottles coming out this year. This next one, one-time, 1,140 bottles. Oof. That is small. Yeah. That ain't nothing. No. That ain't nothing at all. But regardless, I, I think truly that they have done a uh, they've done a great job re, uh, re- rebranding their products. And I, I I don't know. Might have to pick some up. We might have to get in touch with them too, because I'd like to know what these new these yeah. new products are looking like. Yeah, and I'd like to try something other than their baby bourbon, because when I had it I was not super impressed but i mean i know that there's more that they have to offer yeah of course they they have a humongous lineup Mm. and a lot of it is i mean it looks good sounds great it's (laughs) just i picked it up and i'm like "Mm, this maybe is not the one for me (laughs) that's why you have a lineup you know yeah so you you know if that one didn't you know go over well with you you pick another one up yeah garrison brothers also is releasing their 2020 edition of cowboy bourbon at 133.9 proof it's non-age stated, but it is going to be $200. They're going to be exactly 6,768 bottles. Whew. Uh, it came from 100 barrels, all aged at least five years, though. Uncut and unfiltered. All right. I want to I try this. <laughs> yeah. This is exciting for, for me. I, I'm, I'm really curious to find out what this, uh, what this product's going to look like. Yeah. Uh, There's another one on here I am super interested on. What's, in what's that? The Templeton Car- uh, Caribbean Rum Cast Finished Rye. Oh, yeah? That sounds good to me. 
I don't know what it is. Well, the the one Caribbean rum cask finish that we had from uh, Barrel Bourbon. Mm-hmm. That was amazing. It's pretty strong. So it's pretty strong stuff. <laughs> it, was good. it was good. So I'd I'd like to try this as well. I totally agree with you. We got some TTB labels as well to talk about. Um, I kind of lumped these together based on distillery actually this time. Uh, this first one is a brand new barrel proof thirteen year expression. From the Preservation Distillery in Bardstown, Kentucky. This is the very old St. Nick. uh, 103.5 proof. I've had very old St. Nick like one time. It's good. Mm -hmm. It's not what it used to be. I know that that's such an old folky thing to say. But it's just not what it used to be. You know. Cars aren't made like they used to, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Fair enough. Uh, The next one is another preservation product. This is a 12-year-old Rare Perfection bourbon. Kentucky bourbon whiskey, of course. Uh, 103.9 proof. So pretty similar in proof. Uh, I mean, this is all temporary as well. I mean, the proof could could change. But uh, the only Rare Perfection that I've had was at OBC, and it was a rye from uh from preservation mm-hmm. it was a canadian rye gotcha it was really good i've seen the 14 year i think that's the one that i had yeah but i've not actually had it before. i'd have to, i'd have to ask iverson <laughs> yeah i am really pumped about these next two releases oh, new riff ah oh, new riff the place where we're going to do a pick next month for the podcast just layer that in a few more times. I'm going to. Make sure they really got it. <laughs> I'm going to. I have to. There's two new products coming from New Riff. They're both called Maltster, which is crazy. Uh, but they're going to be introducing different types of malt into their, their bourbons. The first one is going to be made with a malted rye, and the other one's going to be made with malted wheat. They're both going to be bottled and bond. Uh, non-chill filtered. Uh, This is like, this is almost like a no-brainer for me. Oh, dude, they purchase-wise. Yeah, no, that's that's gonna be up there. And and I am interested too. And let me just say, the mash bill on the weeded one is really intense. (laughs) Sixty-five percent corn, eighteen percent Bohemian floor malted wheat. I don't even know what that means. 10% unmalted wheat and 7% dark wheat. I don't know. <laughs> That's some intense stuff, dude. That's how I cook. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> like, I know there's a recipe, but I'm over there like, well, on your powder, a little this, a little that, a little this, a little that. And then I'm just like, that's probably good. And I taste it. And I was like, can I ever recreate this? Never. No. Nope. no. But they did that with this mash bill. Uh, it's It's crazy. I, I am excited to to see what this is going to look like, um, and also two malted ingredients for the 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 rye bourbon. Excuse me. So the the malted rye and the malted barley. It's a really high rye content mm-hmm. for the the rye bourbon. Yeah, it's going to be up there. Either way, we're just waiting to get to the next one, Perry. What's the next one? The next one? What do you mean, what's the next one? 
Oh, you mean this Russell's? The Ru- yes. Yes, Perry. I've been looking down this list, and I'm like, it's at the end there, buddy. You got really animated about this. You've been a little bit more reserved tonight, but you were just ready to go on Dude, this one. Dude, I'm so excited. 13-year-old Russell's Reserve at Barrel Proof, non-chill filtered. This is going to be amazing. I'm I'm so I'm so excited about this product. <laughs> I'm ready. According to Rarebird 101, it's not going to be a one-time release. Good. I want it more than once. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think this means that we could wind up seeing some older barrel picks of of Russells? Maybe. I mean, what's been the problem with their distillery recently? There's all these rumors floating around about them putting some older product in some of the younger stuff. And they're just like, we made too much. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> That's a fantastic problem. Give me some older stuff. Why not? I Throw an extra 30 bucks on the price tag. I'm going to be first in line. I want this so bad. Yeah. I want this so bad. Dude, it's going to be amazing. <laughs> it's it's going to be so I'm not good. even, like, beating around the bush about this one. I just want it. I just want to try it. I want to have bottles of it. I want to share it with people. I want it to be I want it to be good first and foremost. The 13-year-old other expression from Wild Turkey, the export, mm-hmm. the 91 proof. That's an amazing product. Yeah, except this one is 13 years old. It's Russells instead of Wild Turkey and it's going to hurt me at 110 proof. <laughs> All things I love. At least 110 proof. At it least 110 more. proof. Yeah, exactly. I'll <laughs> i'm excited so this was also one of our questions that we we addressed in the pregame chats uh are we excited about this travis gents yes we are excited about this <laughs> we are so pumped about this so it, the only thing that's upsetting to me is that usually when new uh wild turkey products come out you start seeing in indiana ohio a couple of other places like a month before we get them here guess who's taking a freaking road trip it's this guy i'm, I'm going i'm yeah, I'm supposed to fly south for the winter? Nuh-uh, going north. I mean, it's... Now, to be fair, according to Rarebird, mm-hmm. this isn't coming out until next year. That's fine. It's fine, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. I'm right. just saying... I want it now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, was, I was just saying that, you know, you might not have to f- fly north. That's, yeah, okay. Fly the opposite way? I'm just. I lost the thread. Yeah. (laughs) Now, and I will say, a lot of the language on this, it scares me just a tad. What's that? Because it's very much a passing of the torch esque language. Um, if you read, if you read into it, uh, so it reads a lot like Little Book does, where it's like you know my father's legacy needs to be passed on that kind of thing, uh, because it even says here, uh. Jimmy and Eddie Russell, the legacy continues. Very much a very, you know, passing on kind of thing. Yeah. It scares me a little bit. You know, I mean, I know I know he's up there in age, but I just don't want to see him leave. Well, sure. I, no, nobody does. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I don't think any of us want to see Jimmy nobody leave. Nobody does. I mean, I want <laughs> Jimmy to be there forever. I want to roll up to the distillery and see him just flying down through there on a scooter going way too fast. I mean, that is just, that's, <laughs> that's what we all want, right? Uh, but, uh, if this is the bottle that's kind of announcing it, they did a very good job. This is a color scheme they've not used on a lot of their bottles, except for the 17-year that just came out. 
I'm I'm excited. I just want it. Yeah. I just want it. That's it. Yeah, I want like five. Can we buy cases? I don't see why not. I will send you my address, Wild Turkey. <laughs> I've tried doing that already. Oh. <laughs> Darn. <laughs> I keep getting a cease and desist. Yeah. <laughs> we don't do press packages. We don't need it. <laughs> Accurate. So we are going to go ahead and move on to our topic for the week. And this has been one that actually I was not really fully anticipating having this conversation about. But we did just do our antique collection review last week. And also it came up in our group chat that there are always these shady folks who wind up at releases for for bourbon. Big bourbon releases. Whether it's someplace like liquor barn or whether you're going to a total wine release it just is like there's always that one guy or that group of guys and you're always just like why are you the way you are yeah and so i i wanted us to talk about during this this new bourbon hunting season how can we find ways to better the community in our practices for the, these big releases, because I think that it really looks bad <laughs> on us if we've got somebody who's waiting in line for us that we don't know and we're paying somebody to do it or we're just getting the bottle so we can flip it. And yes, we, we have talked before about how flipping can be viable depending on your situation, but at the same time, if you're buying there's with the something to, of flipping, we'll get into it. Yeah. Before we get into it, I'm super excited that Curtis has joined us for for this week's topic of conversation. So yeah, everybody, everybody say hi to Curtis. I, I mean, he, they can't, you can't hear them, but definitely everybody just, uh, here's what we're going to do. We're going to give everybody a pause. I just want everybody to say hi, Curtis. Okay. So they all said hi to you. I don't know if you could feel that or, or anything, but um, everybody has now officially welcomed you back to the... <laughs> to the podcast yeah i got did you get tingles guys did yeah i I just got tingles right there yeah 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 i figured so curtis also has a big bunch of samples that i uh i handed off to him he and uh his wife Allie were in town was that two weekends ago two weekends ago yep holy time flies faster than i like for it to mario did it oh (laughs) oh that's the truth Mario All-Stars is something we'll talk about once we get to tips and bits, but oh, yeah. that, that took my time away. So I, I figured we'd start with the lowest proof here, and we'll start with the Elijah Craig Toasted Barrel. This is a big like catch-up for, for Curtis, too, because there have been so many things that we've had and so many things that we've reviewed that Curtis hasn't had a chance to, to try yet. So I'm Yeah, this one I was super excited about just based because everybody was raving about it. Really. And, and you even texted me, and you were like, hey, man, How's the toasted barrel? Can you know what did what'd you all think? And I was like, We'll get you a sample, buddy. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad wanted... I didn't have to ask. <laughs> oh, of course you didn't like, have to. You never have to uh, ask when it comes to no, samples. No. You know that. I know. I it's just like I didn't want to be like like, hey, can I get the sample? Mm. <laughs> you never, never have to feel bad about asking for samples. I'm always happy to provide. But so it, let let's first of all talk about the, the situation that we're in. <clears throat> so naturally, it's not going to look the same with these big releases. 
no. Or I doubt it will. If it if <laughs> there does wind up being a big release where people are still waiting in line for hours on end while they're all still masked up, I'll be very surprised. Mm-hmm. I, I, I will be legitimately surprised if there is a huge crowd outside of Liquor Barn here in a month or so, wrapped all the way around the building, maybe twice if they're practicing good, safe social distancing. But at the same time, there there is this thought that, you know, maybe we should try to find better ways to approach the big releases instead of... And, and one of the specific um, anecdotes that was brought up to me was from Adam Terry, who said that it, there there was a big release in Nashville earlier this year, and there were people who were paying homeless guys to go and keep their spot in line. And yeah, exactly. Kurt made a face. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it, it, it's... It's a really a catch-22. Because you don't know truly what everybody's intentions are unless they just flat-out tell you, right? The assumption, and I think it's just kind of ingrained in us, that we go, well, you know, we're going to expect the worst from this person. Person, I mixed up my T's there. We're going to expect the worst from this person, that they're just picking it up so they can flip it and make a couple extra bucks. But at the same time, I mean, if that's their... their go-to bottle that they are just dying to own and they can't justify being out there but they can find a way for somebody else to be out there for them then that like i i find i don't find that as skeevy or uh, undesirable deplorable i think that's the word i was looking for yeah i don't know i just think having somebody wait in line for you is kind of ridiculous I mean, the whole concept of it is just nuts. I know there's people, though, that, like, when concerts, you know, kind of do their big ticket releases, there's actually professional businesses that do nothing but stand in line for people. I mean, for me, I think it's all right in terms of, like, if you can't make it and it's, like, one of your favorite bottles or something that you have to have, then it should be somebody you know and, like, is – in my opinion should be somebody you know and somebody that like knows what they're doing about it not just some random right yeah like when you bring in homeless people that's that's a bit much i mean come on it's it's odd and i think that there's also like to to a degree you can almost look at that decision making process and go i see where they're coming from not that i agree with it but i see why they're doing what they're doing they're trying to give to somebody in need by paying them to to wait for a bottle release, right? But then it's like, what's the what's the wage for that? I don't know. Two hundred dollars for the entire time, fifteen dollars an hour. I mean, like, what what do you? How do you value that? I have no idea. Are you waiting to pay yeah. them until after you've you've kicked the bottle off on the secondary market on Facebook? Are you paying them up front? What if you did pay them up front, though, and then they just never showed up to get in line for you? Oh, that's... <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That, that, that would be bad. But anyway, like in, in a way, like you can kind of look at it and go, they're, they're, they might be doing it for some kind of philanthropic reason. 
Maybe it's not 100% that, but they are still trying to do something instead of just, you know, pushing a buddy out in line and um, expecting him to do it for you. Yeah, I think it just kind of begs the question, why are they not, you know, as store owners realizing, oh, I've got people waiting in front of my parking lot forever and ever and ever. Maybe I should just do something where I email the person. Right. Do some sort of drawing something. What, what can I do to prevent people from having to wait out in the cold potentially or, you know, hire someone to be here? Just even playing field. I don't yeah, know. I think a, I think a good model to and I, I think it's one and the same is the sneaker culture and sneaker drops a, lo- a long time. Uh, they would just be in front of the sneaker stores and in front of the shoe stores and they would drop it and it would be the same exact thing as what we would do with bourbon. And uh, it got to the point where it just was, there was so high, high demand. So people were getting aggressive and uh, I mean, obviously not to this extent, but, uh, but like, they then switch to, okay, you get an email or there's an app that uh, will let you know if you're able to buy it and things like that. And it's kind of generated that way. Um, so I think they could adopt probably that model of some sort, but that does take away some of the, you know, the Berman hunting. So, so the, the other thing that I really wanted to talk about too was, how this actually looks for the community. Cause I don't think it's a good reflection upon who the, the bourbon community is No, and even just general bourbon consumers. I mean, it's evident to me that this is not the norm, but at the same time, there are those outliers who are going to at some point represent, uh, represent, excuse me, your community, one way or another. And with this kind of negativity, it's it's frustrating. And it's a, it's a very negative light as well. I don't know. I mean, you, you really just kind of have to know what the intention is behind doing what they're doing. So is it purely for money? Are you planning on flipping this in the parking lot? Are you going to go home and put this on Facebook Marketplace with a crotch shot of you holding it in your car seat? <laughs> uh, what, what, are you, what are you doing with it? Now, I mean, I understand there's some times where you buy a bottle and you're like, oh, I'm going to save it for that special occasion. Right. And then, you know, later down the road, maybe you need a new set of tires or, you know, you end up like, oh, I'm having a kid and I've got eight, nine bottles that could potentially finance me completely redoing my nursery. Stuff like that, I understand. But if you buy it with the sole intention of flipping it and you're out there waiting, you're basically just trying to find something where you're getting a paycheck, not taxed. Like, yeah. that's that's what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I, that that to me is frustrating. Um, I mean, and, and not to name any names, but, like, even today, somebody in our, our group chat was like, hey, you know, I've... You know, I'm going to be offloading a good amount of bottles. I'm just kind of tired of buying something and taking one, two sips out of it. And then, oh, yeah. And then getting rid of it. I've done the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Exact same thing. I hit that point where I was like, I really just keep reaching for, you know, picks and enjoying those. And then all these bottles that I, you know, waited in line for, they're just sitting there. And I know that there's people that are going to drink it and I'm letting it sit on that shelf and dusting it every three months. It's like, why am I doing that? And then I'll turn around and sell them. And 
it, you know that that to me is like it's fine but it, you're just kind of i don't know just buying it with the intention of flipping it, it's just strange to me i had an image of you dusting your bourbon that i'm not going to put to the put out to the public <laughs> see i just <laughs> it's both wings just flapping as hard as possible <laughs> no that's, that's way better yeah no i just <laughs> i just take some compressed air and blow it off and yeah. call it done but i don't know Buying with the intention of flipping is rough. I've seen somebody take a Michter's 20 and flip it in the parking lot. Yeah, when it's at that point, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, that is solely the purpose of just buying and flipping. And again, I mean, to, to Swan's point, I can understand if it's in some way being used to support yourself or you, you come up on something and you're like, I got to... I got to offload this so that I can live or survive or even just continue on with a big project. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it is, it is tough watching people go in who might not even like bourbon. Yeah. And, and they just are buying bottles that are meaningless to them. Other people would fawn to have and you just you, it's it's so frustrating it's so obnoxious and annoying i want to take a quick break from this chat though kurt what do you think about the elijah craig toasted it's good man yeah i i can see why every, why the hype was so mm-hmm. so good about it uh it's really nice that the uh finish is really really good has that toasted marshmallow uh, absolutely you know flavor to it and a little bit of that spice on the on the uh, palate I, I was getting something on this that i haven't gotten before um so i definitely think it's opened up since we first reviewed it but there's a dried dried tobacco leaf note mm-hmm. that i'm picking up especially on the nose hmm yeah yeah i get the dried tobacco with a with a hint of like raisin, like a dry. Oh raisin. yeah, absolutely. It's just so. Pleasant. Which isn't. It is very. Pleasant. Very in turn with tobacco. So. Oh yeah. Uh, overall, though, I just think this is an incredible release from them. And it stays true to their profile. It doesn't go off, you know, in the middle of left field or anything. No, it, it's like it is very similar. Yeah, it is very truly an Elijah Craig product, but it does just kind of take a hard left turn with it and ramp it up is you know in ways that wouldn't have been expected outside of a toasted mm-hmm. barrel finish yeah this is another product too that and and i, I want to talk about too what cons- constitutes a bottle that would be sought after to then be flipped mm-hmm. because this is actually an allocated product it is, yeah, and not all allocated is something flippers are going after. Yeah. I also think a lot of people who enjoy bourbon and are in the, like, what I would consider our bourbon community is they, most of the time, they'll buy a bottle, and if they are, like, looking for the intention of, you know, hey, I really, I really could use the money, most of the time, everyone in the bourbon community is going, Hey, well, 
I'll, I'll sell it, but I'm not going to gouge the price to the point where it's so ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> you know? true. Like, it, I'm not going to sell it for the highest point. I'm just going to be able to make some profit off of it to continue on what I what I need to get done yeah. or something Absolutely. like that. Yeah, I did that for a long time. Mm-hmm. So, like, the whole the bourbon finder, that when I was doing that, like, frequently, uh, I would buy a bottle and then mark it up 1%. <laughs> and sell it. Yeah. And the only reason I did mm-hmm. the 1% is because I was like, you know what? I'm going to be a little selfish. I'm going to tell PayPal I want it now. And you then it would take 1%. You could have <laughs> done 5% yeah. and been fine. Exactly. But that's the thing is like 10%'s like even fine. Yeah, exactly. But I did the 1% because I was like, I just want it in my account now. You know, like, <laughs> just, and, and that was the only reason I, I did that. Um, you know, I paid PayPal. That was pretty much it. And uh, I, I did that, and sometimes I even delivered it. I'd start losing money on bottles. Like I would just, <laughs> I would just take it to people. Gas tax. Yeah, I think that that is a furthering the community and furthering the love for bourbon. Not, you know, just trying to make a quick yeah. buck. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you on that. Great. And, and a lot of times too, I would make sure that the person I was selling it to had some sort of outlet, you know, to kind of share that stuff. Uh, and it, it was more so it's like, well, I can enjoy this in my house by myself because uh, I hardly ever have people over. Or I can give this to Chad, Sarah, Perry, you know, uh, Jason from the Mash and Drum. Uh, and, you know, it could potentially reach five, ten, you know, 20,000 people. Uh, I mean, that's just or at least influence somebody else to talk about it. I mean, it, yeah. it just seems like I was kind of creating my own content in a way you're you know? really overselling our reach here though so yeah but like i was just i just didn't i didn't want to just leave it on my shelf so we're, we're gonna drink on next and i figured it was only appropriate considering we're just over a month away from our, our very first barrel pick which again i apologize we didn't actually name it in last week's episode but it is it is new riff there's we are doing a new riff pick it's not just a floating around in the ether pick i, I feel Really bad that I didn't mention that. Anyway, um, this is Riff Busters from the Nashville Bourbon Society. Adam Terry, again, um, provided this bottle for us. 110.1. There we go. See, we're slowly working our way up to that Weller Foolproof. So we'll do that. We'll do that to to wrap everything up. But um, I'm, I'm just excited for the three of us to be in a room together again. Cause it'll be yeah, that'll be it'll cool. be the first time since March, maybe mm-hmm. February, that all three of us will have been able to sit down and just see each other face to face together. We'll have to we'll have to do like a selfie or something to <laughs> to prove prove <laughs> that we were all three there. <laughs> I think we could probably get a picture. <laughs> nah, that's the that's probably... the one thing that's banned at at pics is you can't take pictures. So, <laughs> oh well. Oh, so it has to be a no, selfie. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, I think I've seen a few of those this week. Like... <laughs> yeah, I was like, I've seen Adam I, Terry I, take I a know, photo. I know, I know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I've seen a, a ton this week. I guess it's like that photographing the Eiffel Tower thing. Like, you're not supposed to do it, apparently. <laughs> but people do it all the time. Yeah, of course. Of course. Would, would you expect people to go into stores and buy picks specifically to flip no i know i know that it's happened before when antique 107 was going through that period i I think it was 2018 where like every pick was non-chill filtered Mm -hmm. 
people just were losing their minds over it. 2018 wasn't even a very good year for antique picks. But the fact that it was something different, they, they had to search for it, and they were paying exorbitant amounts yeah. for bottles on secondary. We were seeing them for like 150 175 I even remember a couple getting up into the 200s. Yeah, no, I, I think I remember uh, a few picks getting a little insane. The one that always sticks out to me was the, uh, oh, what it was it? It was a Russell's pick with the cheesy gold foil. Uh, look to the sticker. Oh, that was a that was a pick in honor of Eddie and Jimmy, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah, but I mean, there's just certain picks that kind of get some gravity behind them, and then people will flip them. Uh, but for the most part, unless it's Weller, you don't get a ton of crazy people going for it. Other than uh, uh, occasionally a Four Roses single barrel, uh, the barrel strength ones will get up there. Oh yeah, because I've seen some of those go for like. 125, 140, sometimes even 200, depending on the pick. Yeah, and you're buying those for 70, 80 bucks. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a huge profit margin. That's it insane. Is, yeah, it, it's up there. Oh, Riff Busters is so good. It is Sorry. very good. I just had to say mm-hmm. Oof. I, I, I will say, too, it's it really is not just the higher end products that get flipped. No. And yeah. a prime example of it is the Heaven he- Heaven Hill six year bottled and bond. Yeah, so that's I'll, now discontinued. Let me. I haven't even seen that. Let me tell my stepbrother a little bit here. Okay, uh, go for it. So, <laughs> uh, my stepbrother was just like, "Man, I don't even really like this stuff, but you know, if it's going for a little bit extra, I'll, I'll buy a little bit and kind of keep it for trade." And then he kind of stopped drinking bourbon and kind of keeping up with the groups and stuff on Facebook that you could potentially do that in. Uh, and he bought a whole case, <laughs> bought a whole case. Oh my gosh. And he was just like, oh, I'm just going, I'm just going to keep it. And then finally just ended up taking a low ball price because to kind of sell it at full, Ugh. full price, you've, you've got to really kind of keep up with the market. And I don't know, he took it at a dip, right? Because they, they put out a ton of it after it was not going to be made anymore. Uh, and it just had this huge surge and he sold it at the same time they had that surge of bottles going out. It was, it was just strange, and of course I saw a few people on those Facebook pages. They post and they're like, "Oh, I'm selling you know a case of Heaven Hill Six Year," and they're like, "It's just Heaven Hill White Label. It's not a Six Year." <laughs> that was a great period too, where people yeah. were still posting bottles of the White Label, thinking that it was the Six Year. Exactly, and was- and having to watch it, and and it's not like you know we were seeing their reactions immediately after, but you just know the heartbreak behind the screen was just devastating yeah and people were so bad in the comments too they would they would oh they were savage just absolute savages instead of being like oh well it's not the six year it's just the white label and kind of trying to explain it to them you would have like 40 comments within seconds be like anybody go tell them (laughs) (laughs) that's right (laughs) totally forgot about that anybody gonna tell them (laughs) just laid on thick um I got a question for you guys. Have you ever had somebody make the comment, well, how much is that worth? And you you understand that it's not, you know, oh. retail price, but how much would somebody else pay for it? Or, like, which one, if I get today, should I get? What's the most expensive if I resell it? I don't know if I understand the question. So <laughs> like, had, what, what are you I've asking? I've had somebody in line before uh, that they, they asked, like, we were waiting for the antique collection, and they, okay, they're okay. all ninety nine ninety nine, you know, from 
liquor barn potentially maybe the sure. eagle rare is like an extra 10 bucks and the sazrax an extra 10 bucks or something and they're just like well which one's going to give me the most money it's not a question of you know what's the price tag that i'm going to be paying today it's when i buy one of these which one can i flip for the most money yeah okay okay yeah so mine was and this was actually i was with a friend and we were sitting outside and uh we were at a release and they had the uh old fits um the the uh, decanter yeah the decanter yeah and it was that or they also had uh just weller like special reserve and (laughs) and he, he asked me he said so uh, which one am I going to get the most money out of? The the reserve, the Weller, the Weller, right? And uh, I was like, I mean, you're probably going to be able to get, you're going to get more money from the old fits. And he said, nah, I don't want to spend that money. I, I'm just going to get the Weller. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> that's That's a poor soul who just spent 40 bucks on a handle of Weller. Yep. Is trying to sell it for ninety, and he's stuck with a handle of Weller Special Reserve. Yeah, mm-hmm. somebody's like, "I'll give you forty-five if you deliver it." Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. Well, later on, later on, he said, "He said I ended up just drinking it." But see, there you go. Perfect. And I was like, "Well, good for you. I'm glad you did." Hopefully, and he learned his thing. lesson. <laughs> and he loves Weller, but I was like, "Dude, the better the better bourbon's going to be the old Fitz." And I I kept trying to push him towards that yeah and he just was like i don't want to spend the money i don't want to which is fair i mean i'm not gonna you know yeah i I don't i don't disagree with that sentiment but at the same time like just at that point like if you've already kind of made up your mind don't ask yeah like just (laughs) yeah just do it you're you're gonna do the stupid thing that you're gonna do anyway Mm -hmm. just stop asking yeah the yeah. worst I ever had was when we I got my name got called and I was probably about halfway down the amount of bottles that they had. And of course you walk in and it's like the treasure room. You know, they just got everything, every release you've been waiting for, it's just all sitting there except for like the Pappy twenty three and some of the other Pappy products are gone. And it, it's just you and like two, three other people kinda. And you're all just kinda like fawning over what you've yeah. got. And uh this guy is looking around and he's just scrolling through Facebook. And I'm like, oh, buddy. That's rough. I'm like, come That's too on. much. I'm just like, that's just not. Just pick one. Just pick one. <laughs> Get that one over there. Just handle a special reserve. It'll do you good. Is that Pure Kentucky XO? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Topical. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, there, there's those people. I mean, that's yeah. you're, you're going to have them. And, I mean, really... If someone asks you this holiday season when you're going for one of these big bourbon releases, it's like, well, which one's going to make me the most money if I flip it? Just look at it and be like, which one do you want to drink? I mean, seriously. Yeah. like That's why we do the episode we did last week. It's not to tell you yeah, that of course. some part of the Buffalo Trace dis, you know, antique collection is, is good or bad. I mean, that that's great, but it's which one would you prefer to, to drink, not which one you can flip for the most money. I mean, it's you really need to kind of base, you know, take a recommendation and maybe think I want to drink this one that my palate aligns with Perry's. Maybe I'm going to try to go for the sure. WLW this year. Well, I, to your point though, I don't think that 
any of the anti-collection at this point is being looked at for a flip based on quality of what's in the bottle. Yeah, that's that's, that's a flip based on brand alone. That's yeah. that's based on the the name itself. Yeah. Nobody's reading reviews or listening to reviews. No. Of the Weller, the William Larue Weller from 2020 before they go and get in line with the intention of thinking, well, I'm flipping this, but I want to make sure they have a good experience after they have made the transaction. Yeah, I I don't know. I just like if I walked in this year and after last year's or after last week's review and I had the option between Sazerac and WLW, knowing full well I could probably flip the Sazerac for a good amount more money than I could the WLW, I'm still grabbing the William LaRue. Yeah. Like, that's that's the whole point, yeah. you know? Yeah. I, I just don't get it. If somebody's just buying BTAC to flip it, they don't care about what... They aren't, what, what you said, listening to reviews on what the best one was. They're just... And if you are, thanks for downloading the podcast. And <laughs> sure, yeah, <laughs> we've already got your download. I mean, what else can we do about it? <laughs> Our job's done. <laughs> yeah, thanks for the download. You don't have to listen. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> it it would be bizarre if I knew that somebody was out there listening to reviews like they're the like the skeevy scammer. But also, they want to take care of their customers. <laughs> it's that guy in high school with a trench coat, and he opens it up, and you're just like, what do you want, snow caps? We got raisinets. <laughs> Need some band-aids? Gotcha, kiddo. Like This was back in the day, too, where you couldn't, I say, I almost said legally. That's the dumbest way to phrase this, but chew gum in class. <laughs> legally chew legally, gum in class. If you were caught chewing gum in class illegally, you had to go to high school jail. I got the big, the good stuff, the big league chew. You want some fruit stripe? Yeah. What you need? Oh, big league chew. Fruit stripe. That's a new one. I forgot about those. The zebra stripe. Isn't that one it? Maybe. I don't know. But it was the one that lasted about five seconds and you just gone. <laughs> Flavors just finished. Yeah. I always felt mm-hmm. that way about uh, juicy fruit. Yeah. I thought juicy fruit was garbage. Yeah. Oh, man. This is my gum podcast. <laughs> <laughs> There's a there's a good April Fools. <laughs> well, Kurt, why don't we uh, grab one last pour before uh, we we wrap up the the conversation? And I definitely want us to have this foolproof before. Um, yeah. B- beforehand, so this is also this is my first pour after baby's born. Okay. So the the Weller. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So is that I, what we're going for next? That's what we're going for next. Um, I feel like I'm sa- save save yourself a little bit too. I mean, don't I? Uh, you know, have a. <laughs> He's injecting it into his bloodstream. That's what that that noise was. Perry, how much yeah. can I flip this for? Uh, well, it's open. I know. <laughs> well, how much can I flip it for? <laughs> Half bottle, tops. Well, see, I've got a pour here. <laughs> I've got two. How much? I've got how much two can ounces. I get this? Two ounces for five hundred dollars, correct? <laughs> but th- this isn't just uh, Weller foolproof. This is a, a pick from the Beaumont Inn. So Dixon Deadman actually uh, picked this this barrel himself, and uh, I was lucky enough to 
pick one of these bottles up uh, a few weeks back when I was up at the Beaumont Inn to chat with Dixon about all things bourbon and all things Kentucky Owl. I love his stickers, mm-hmm. man. You love what? The Beaumont Inn sticker. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, there's no sticker on that bottle. Yes, there is. This Dixon. <laughs> oh, he honestly should just like a take big a picture sti- of his face. A, <laughs> there's a big sticker on the back. The pic's called, like, the owl's nest or something. And it's his face photoshopped onto an owl. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. I, I What's interesting, too, about new releases, this is something that we've been really doing. I mean, I, I've thought about, at the very least, for the past, like, year or two. A big new release like this comes out. I mean, I remember when Weller Foolproof got announced. And my first thought was, how much is this, how much is this going to be? And how much are people going to try to sell this for on the secondary market? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> and, it's, and how available. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, I kind of hate that that's where we are mentally at this point. Mm-hmm. Like, not thinking, oh, I can't, I can't wait to find a bottle, potentially, or I can't wait to go out and hunt for it. But it's like, how much are these jokers going to try to sell it for? On Facebook. Yeah, how much is it going for on secondary? Yeah. It's it, it's such a frustrating state of mind yeah, it, to be I in. think it's frustrating to be either A, how much am I going to have to pay for this? Or B, how much of my time do I have to take oh, that's to good find point too. it? And I think that's, that's the thing that's frustrating is it's one or the other on these type of releases it's either how much time how much money or i'm just not seeing it yeah <laughs> i like or i'll just pass because i can't find it well, or s- don't want to spend that see ever since cypb was announced for weller mm-hmm. that mindset kind of trickled down into those who who have just missed being able to pick up bottles of special reserve or antique 107 it's the fact that Buffalo Trace keeps introducing these new products for a line that they can't reasonably sustain anyway. And all of a sudden, there's three new Weller products. Mm-hmm. So not only are they going, well, I'm never going to see that. But then they're also going, well, I'm never going to see the bottle that I wanted in the first place. You know what I mean? Like, there, there, there's, it, it, it's, again, a catch-22. Very frustrating. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I also understand it from Buffalo Trace's perspective. If they make a new label, they can mark it up without too much flack, and they can get it out and make, you know, more than they would just keep selling the same stuff over and over again. Yeah. Because they don't make much money on the Weller products, at least the the base three that they had. I mean, none of them were marked up too bad. Sure. Even when it kind of you know hit the fan and you couldn't find them. This foolproof smells really good, by the way. Yeah. I've been waiting for the, for somebody to say it because I was like, all right. Does it? All right. Woe is us, but also. <laughs> this is really only like the third 
iteration of foolproof that I've ever had. I think. This is probably the best iteration of it that I've had. <laughs> it's so good, man. It's very good. It's so good. Dixon could open his own store with nothing but picks that he's done. And I would I would quit my job today and ask to work there. I mean, it would... I'd go broke from the fact that I would just be spending my paycheck on all the, the picks. Yeah. But at the same time, I'd be there in a heartbeat. Could you imagine if Dixon was just like, yeah, we, we got a lot in today. It's like, what'd you get? It's like, well, I got in like 10 Knob Creek barrel picks. <laughs> So just go pick you up one or ten of those. And uh, you'd have to have releases like the BTAC has. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. We hear Dixon's getting in a Templeton Rye pick. They've never done it before, but here we are. <laughs> here we are. That's his whole business model, so we've got to bend over backwards for him. Nobody's ever done a batch pick of Turkey one oh one, but he did his own blend and <laughs> that'd be really cool though yeah. i'd be all about that oh doing, i would doing a blended batch pick release thing mm-hmm. i feel like if, if they were I lost the anyone, thread there i'm sorry if they were gonna let anyone do that it'd be him oh 100 percent. or matthew mcconaughey i have no idea <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> well anyway we'll go ahead and uh wrap up the the topic of conversation here i i i think what we're kind of getting at overall is frustration with the folks who are in it for the wrong reasons. Yeah. I think that's just legitimately what we're trying to, to get at. And, you know, we want to be able to share the whiskey wealth around the bourbon wealth around, and we want everybody to be able to enjoy stuff that might be harder to come by, but we just, we, Uh, I mean, we want to see better practices. Yeah. Just don't buy with the intention of flipping. Yeah. Ta-da. Fix. Solved it. Yeah. The golden band-aid. Yeah. It's not going to fix anything. It's like putting a band-aid on, like, uh. just a flesh wound. You know? I mean, it's... <laughs> anyway. <laughs> well, Kurt, it was great seeing you again for a little bit. And um, probably won't be able to have you back on again until after Baby Bear is born. But we'll do it. Ooh. We'll do it. And we've got the pick coming up next month, and I'm super excited for it, and I can't wait to see oh, I'm you. I'm super excited. And I can't wait for all three of us to be in the same room again. Uh, that's, and that's just crazy. It's going to be nice. It's going to be great. It's going to be uh, Yeah. It's going to be really good. All right. Well, again, Kurt, thanks for hanging out with us, buddy. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, dude. All right, Swan, I think now it's time for us to get into our tips and or bits for this week in the segment that we like to call Tips and Bits, where we <laughs> recommend things to people that we have been enjoying recently, maybe bourbon-related, maybe not, maybe kind of both at the same time because you're excited about things and you want to you know, drink bourbon while you're also doing the thing that you like. Mm-hmm. which has been what I've been doing over the past few days. Uh, but I'll let you go first. Um, I've been playing Super Mario 3D All-Stars a lot over the past few days, okay? <laughs> it's amazing, and I have I am full of nostalgia, and I just want to keep playing it. And I, I love it so much. It's on the Nintendo Switch. Um, that's, that's mine. 
I also like Cheers. drinking. I also like drinking bourbon while I play video games. All right. I feel like you just did that thing with like the icebreaker where they do in <laughs> kindergarten, where it's like, "All right, you're gonna stand up, you're gonna say your name, and two interesting facts about yourself." My name's Barry, and I really like GI Joe. And bourbon. And bourbon. And bourbon. We need to call your parents. Perry, you're ten. Calm down. You can't have bourbon. I know. I like daddy's apple juice. Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, I have been... Mine's actually bourbon-related this week. I've been uh, playing around a little bit with some more blends. Um, Nice. But wine blends. You're doing the thing that we've been wanting to do on the podcast for a while? I'm doing it a little bit, yeah. How have you liked it so far? Uh, It is... It's pretty good. I will say it is so easy to overdo it. <laughs> it is so easy to overdo it. There's been two nights so far where I'm just like, yeah, these Perry's holding up a little so dropper. So I got a dropper. Yeah. Uh, I've made the mistake a couple of times of going, oh, I had too much wine. I'll just add more bourbon. I'll dump a bunch in there. <laughs> and then here I am watching like, I don't even know what, <laughs> Lucifer, Criminal Mind, something. <laughs> Stop watching Criminal Minds. It's bad for your mental health. It's not good, man. It's, it's so bad, bad for your mental health. I'm like eight episodes in, and I'm just like, <laughs> I gotta keep going. There's 12 seasons. But stop doing it. Yeah, I, I'm just, I'm just sitting there thinking, wow, wow. I'm really, I, uh, yep, I've got to go to bed. Can't handle this one. Like, I never leave my glass half empty, or you know, it's. <laughs> Never go to bed with a glass that isn't empty. Yeah, and I just I just leave it there, and the next morning I wake up into this cloudy mess, and it's just, it's not worth it. Yeah. No, but definitely recommend playing around with it a little bit, especially if you do like wine. I've even noticed that Total Wine recently has started being like, oh, well, we're putting you know barrel-aged wine oh, yeah. in the aisle. Yeah. Uh, just kind of acclimate people to maybe the other side of the store they didn't know existed like myself <laughs> so it's it's been an interesting uh trial i guess and uh, again it's something that we've been wanting to do we'll definitely do a full episode on yeah. it at some point somebody brought up a cocktail that involves bourbon and champagne i'm down i gotta look into it but i i want i want it mm-hmm. i want that that sounds good <laughs> I'm all for it. <laughs> well, I think that we're just about done. Did I hear a cat just then? You have two of them, so maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I think that just about does it for this week's episode. Yeah, it was a good one. It was good to see Kurt, man. It was great seeing Kurt. I miss him. Yeah, I do too. And I'm very excited that we're going to be in the same room next month for the new riff pick that we're definitely doing that you can find the link for on Patreon. Is it a new riff pick? It's a new riff pick. Are you sure? Uh, I'm pretty daggum sure at this it's not point. Like OKI or something. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? Yeah. We're doing the blends for OKI now. Have I told you? No. We've totally sold out. Great. Great. <laughs> this is my OKI podcast. It's just okay. Timmy Okip. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening to this week's episode. We appreciate everybody who listens each and every week. And also, again, if you are a new listener to the show, thank you so much for being here. Share it with your friends if you've enjoyed this episode. Swan, where can people find you on social media? I'm on Facebook and Instagram at My Bourbon Finder. 
And I am on all of the social media platforms at PRitter1492. You can find the show itself at MyRubbenPod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can leave us a five-star rating and review on the iTunes podcast app. That helps us out so much in reaching out to new potential listeners. Potential new listeners? I think that's what I meant to say. We've had a few bourbons tonight, but that kind of that happens every now and then. And there's a podcast about that. That is. Yeah. It is indeed. Uh, and if you do leave us a review, we will actually read it out here on the show. So go and do that. We appreciate everybody who does that. Helps us just continue to grow the show itself. You can find all of our apparel and merchandise at bourbonshop.threadless.com. People have been asking recently about some of the, uh, like, whether or not we have stickers. We do have stickers. We have them on, on Threadless. Yeah. We have mugs, we have cups, we have blankets, we have shirts, we probably have superhero capes. I'm not entirely sure. I will tell you, though, oddly enough, we have skateboards. Lovely. Right? Yeah. So you can go drink a bunch of bourbon and then hop on your your, your deck with the Tim Bip logo on it, and you can fly down that hill and break your face like Swan did that one time. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll save that for last call too. Yep. <laughs> this is gonna be Swan Story Hour. I can't wait. Oh goodness gracious! So bourbonshop.threadless.com is where you can find all of our apparel and merchandise. You can uh, shoot us an email with questions or comments to this is my bourbon shop at gmail.com. I go live every Thursday night at uh, YouTube.com/slash This Is My Bourbon Podcast at 8:30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time here in the United States. It's always a fun time. Last week, I drank nothing but New Riff. I don't know what's going to happen this week, though. Everything's very much decided kind of on the fly, but it is what it is. You can also become a part of our Facebook group at Facebook.com. You just search for This Is My Bourbon Group, a couple of questions, and then you get to hang out with some really great people. That's where we ask all of our questions for the pregame chats. And speaking of the pregame chats, they can be found at patreon.com slash my bourbon podcast for as little as a dollar a month to support the show but for as little as five dollars a month you get all that bonus content like the pregame chats like the last call where swan and i wrap up the week of content and uh some other great things as well including the link for our new riff pick new riff 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 after you say a word a thousand times it just like loses its meaning Mm-hmm. which is what I just felt like I was doing there. But the new Riff Pick link pre-order form can be found at patreon.com slash mybourbonpodcast. Uh, and we are also going to be putting up a link probably over the next week or so, maybe, for those glasses? Maybe. We're still waiting on the proof to come back. Oh, okay. I haven't. I don't know anything yeah. about that. You're, you're running logistics on this, which I appreciate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're we're waiting to get a proof to come back to make sure the design actually works out on the on the glass. Are we worried about that? Uh, they kind of scale it up or down to make sure it works for you. Just great. We just want to make sure that it actually looks good. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Good to hear. Well, next week maybe we'll have some more information about it. We'll have more info. We'll find out together. But until then, I'm Perry and I'm Swan, and this is my Bourbon Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>